If you will this morning look at our text together, it'll be found in Romans 5.21. We will, Lord willing, be speaking about that great amazing grace. Sometimes I fall into a trap of thinking that grace is an attribute of God. It's not. It's the power of God. And I want to examine that this morning in light of what Paul says here in Romans 5.21, which reads this way, that as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us pray. O Lord, how gracious Thou art, how full of grace and truth Thou art. O Lord, I pray at this hour You would be pleased to Take us deeper and mind that word grace in our soul. That thou would be pleased to reveal to us the depths of grace, the power of grace, the mercy of grace, the loving gift of grace. O Lord, how faithful thou art, how glorious thou art. I thank thee, Lord, for this time that you've given us together. May you bless it by thy grace now. And may you receive all glory. And may you receive all praise that is due to thy holy name. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. As you read through our text this morning in Romans 5.21, there's two words that stand out that stand out to me that, that really jump out at this, this text. And it's those two little words, even so. Um, the even so comes right in the at the beginning of this text, and it separates two realities. We can look at life today, and we can look at everything going on in the world. We can look at everything going on in our workplace. We can look at everything going on in the marketplace. And it falls under two heads, the reign of sin and the reign of grace. Sin reigns in this world today, but sin does not reign in the believer. Grace does. And that's what separates the elect of God from this world. And that's what transforms our mind. And it's the power that lifts us away from self and away from where we live or what we live in. And that reign of sin. I want to talk about and contrast those two things today. Those, this, this even so right in the middle takes those realities and separates them for us this morning, and so I'll separate them also. But Paul wants us to know the importance and the, of knowing and understanding the reign of sin in our lives once and the reign of grace today in our lives. You know, one of the deepest secrets that belongs to God, and I, I have this in many conversations when when those who are talking about grace with me, they always bring up the same point. Why did God allow sin in the world? And that's one of the deepest secrets that is, that is in the mind of God and in the purpose of God and the will of God to do so. And sometimes I find myself almost making excuses for God of why He would do such a thing. Or why he allowed such, why he decreed such a thing. God doesn't need us to stand and defend him. His word and his purpose and his grace defends himself. 
this morning I want to look at that. I want to look at, you know, verse 12, before we get to our text, verse 12 tells us how, how this happened, how this reign of sin first took place. And in verse 12 he says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. That is a biblical truth. It unfolded for us in Genesis. It has went throughout. There is the head of all men. His name was Adam. And when Adam fell, the entire posterity and everyone from Adam that would ever be born is in that line. That line, that fallen race. That's what that verse tells us. By one man, sin entered into the world. And death came upon all men by sin. That's what our text tells us today, that sin reigns unto death. Sin delivers man to death. We know that. That's what the Bible tells us. The wages of sin is death. And this text tells us that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. You and I today, and whoever we're sitting about, sitting next to, or who we're thinking about, or anybody we've come in contact with, we all fall into this category. We have all sinned. And therein lies how it entered into this world. It entered by one man. And then, as we go along, uh, we, we pick up in 15 this morning, when we start to see the contrast between the two. He says, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. Now, the Holy Spirit worded it that way because that's exactly what it is. Grace is a free gift. It is not a merited gift. It is not one that's sought out for. It's a gift given by God. Not as the, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Now, the Bible and the Holy Spirit here signifies one man, Jesus Christ. We are Trinitarians. We speak of God the Father, we speak of God the Son, we speak of God the Holy Spirit in an equal manner, being three persons equaling one God. With that being said, it is the Father who placed all of grace into the hands of His Son and the power of the Holy Spirit to dispense it. Christ reveals it, the Holy Spirit quickens it. The Holy Spirit instructs us. It is the Father's electing grace. So as we see, it came, this is by one man, the significance and the light now shines upon two men. One, that how sin entered into the world, Adam, and two, the Lord Jesus Christ, who grace reigns through. And not as it was by that one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. That was the wages of sin is death. All men are condemned in Adam. 
That is, that's, that is the, the sin, as I said, sin delivers man to death. There's no mercy in it. There's no grace in it. However, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. That's what Romans 8 tells us. There's no condemnation for those now who are in Christ Jesus. He is the just and justifier of all of His people. It's because of what He's done, and that's what we'll look at today. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. I want you to see that term, because we'll come back to that later. Shall reign in life. Grace reigns in the child of God today. Grace reigns in every facet of his life. Grace reigns to the uttermost in the, in the people of God. And so we see that, that life is by one. The life that we have in Jesus Christ. By one man, offense came and reigned. And as I said at the beginning, this is how we classify, how God has classified. In His Word, every, and nothing's ever changed since here. We can boil it all down. And I know religion today will not do that. They'll put people in classes of people. This is a near believer. This is an almost believer. This one's is going to be a believer. This one has no hope. This one's got a little bit of hope. Oh, this one's... No, there's two reigns going on in this world today, and there always has been. The reign of sin and the reign of grace. And the Bible never speaks of a mixture. And never speaks of an almost. And never speaks of, of nearness. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, there's those two words again. Even so. Praise God for His even so's. Thank Him for His even so's. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. That's why we don't look within ourselves for our obedience to justify us before God. We're justified by the perfect obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's His righteousness. His righteousness alone is perfect. It is that garment that is perfect without any spot, without any rent, without any blemish. You and I can't say that about our righteousness today. We can't. We can't say that about our what we do and our thoughts and all of those things. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. There's the obedience of Christ and His righteousness tied in one verse. Moreover, the law entered. The law entered that the offense might abound. The spirituality of the law always works this way in the believer. Thou art the man. You have transgressed. You coveted. Co you shall not covet. You coveted. You've sinned. That's how the law works in the believer. Grace then overrules that and says, but your sin is covered by the blood of the Lamb. That's where he says here in the rest of this verse, but where sin abounded, 
when it's revealed to us that sin is abounding, I hope the same Spirit, and this is He's faithful to do it, reveals to His children, grace did much more abound. And that's the backdrop to our text this morning. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And then Paul says these words, and we'll take them just like he says, that has sin has reigned unto death. Sin reigns as a sovereign king. Understand that. That is what the Bible is saying. It reigns as a sovereign king. Sin does. It has all throughout humanity. It has all throughout time. And it reigns unto death. It reigns entirely over man. Sin's just not in a corner of your being. That's what Paul said in Romans 7. It's all in my members. Sin is. But that, Paul doesn't stop in Romans 7. He goes to Romans 8 to tell us how grace reigns over that sin that's in our members. Yeah, our old nature is a horrible thing, and it'll never get better, and sin is reigning in that nature. But the, the seed of us, that Christ in us, reigns over that old nature. That's what gives us the victory. That's what gives us the liberty. But I want you to understand the depth of sin reigning in your mind and in your members and in your being. That is the way the Holy Spirit will say to you today if grace reigns in your life. We know sin reigns. We are sinners. We're evidenced. We, we have that evidenced in, in our sp speaking in our walking, in our thinking, in our work, in our preaching, in our listening, in our praying, in our reading, sin is evidenced. Every time our mind wanders, every time we go off and do something else, every time, if you're like me, sometimes you're reading the Bible and all of a sudden you've gotten to three, two or three pages, you have no idea what you've read. Because sin is present. Sin is, is in my members. But you know what? That's not held to my charge. You know why? Because of the reign of grace. Because of the reign of grace in Christ Jesus. The reign of His blood to cover that sin. And this sin reigns unto death and only death can satisfy sin. That's it. The only satisfaction faction that sin gets is death. That's what Romans 6.23 tells us. The wages of sin is death. But we know the other part to that. The, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what we're speaking about today. That's what our text told us up there that it's by Christ. It's by His grace. And you know, the Word of God to us is always a two-edged sword. It's a mirror. It cuts to the very sunder of us. It reveals to us, is this present? As I said, the Holy Spirit, He must show us first that sin reigns. He must show you that sin is still prevalent in you. If not, you're not saved from anything. 
you're not aware of sin and a hatred of sin, you just bebop along in life and go to the next day or go to the next week and just keep living. Oh, well, I'm saved. I don't have to worry about anything. But, but what do you do each day? Because if you look in this book, it's telling you how the, how the experience of grace is. Grace is kind. Grace is loving. Grace is, these are all the attributes of Christ. Grace believes wholeheartedly. Grace doesn't fear. And yet we do. Know today the power of sin to reign. And that if you ever are quickened to know the power of sin in your life, it magnifies even greater power grace is. Because when the Lord shows you what you're saved from, then salvation matters. Salvation has meaning. It's not just words. If grace doesn't separate you from the reign of sin, you will be delivered by sin unto death and eternal damnation. That's the, that's the biblical truth. That's what these words in this book says. If grace, if the Lord's grace does not make a difference, does not change your life, you will be delivered by sin unto death. That may seem harsh. That may, that's the, the whole world lies in iniquity today. You know what iniquity is? It's sin. Sin is reigning outside of those doors. Everywhere you go, sin is reigning. But, with that being said, the message of the gospel today is that where sin is reigning all around, grace in the believer reigns supreme. Over wherever you go, whatever you hear, where sin is reigning. And that sin that's reigning in places causes fear. Grace reigns over that fear. The grace of peace. The grace of being settled in rest. So we come to those two words now after talking about sin. I didn't want to dwell on sin that long, but it is very important. Very important. I know the pulpits today across America don't speak of sin. They don't want to get man down. They don't want to... Dear ones, it's the, it's the condition that we're in. I don't know about you, but grace to me has said to me, I want to know. I want to know. It's grace that reveals to me where I was. I hope you can see that sin once reigned in you and it was king. And maybe today you still see it that way. Maybe you still, if the Lord gives you truth in your head right now, Say, I don't know if grace is reigning. And we have this pictured for us how this takes place. And I'm sure you probably thought of it when I said it perfectly. I can't add anything to it. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 tells us exactly how this reign of sin comes to an end in a believer's life. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. There's your answer. Grace quickens. Grace quickens to life. 
wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. Is, does grace reveal to you that there was a time past in your life? Yes, grace reveals to you that you're still a sinner. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about why grace does that. But does grace say to you that at one time you walked according to the course of this world? According to the prince of the power of the air. According to what the wicked one, the dictates that he put in your life and said, walk this way, lust after this, rule this way. Did you do those things? I said, did you do those things? If you find that still present in your life, this is where examination comes, comes to end today. the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Do you, have you been delivered that every day you walk up, wake up in the morning, is your desire to, desire, to fulfill the lust of your mind and your flesh. These are the things that please me. These are the things I have to have today. This is all that matters to me. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Sin is reigning. But God, even so, that's, that's, there's always that for the child of God. Only. Only the child of God. Only the elect. But God, who's rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, He's quickened us together with Christ. Now, that could have said with God. It could have said with quickening with the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit chose Christ, the conduit for where grace flows to us, the person of Christ, in the face of Christ, in the life of Christ, in the obedience of Christ, in the righteousness of Christ, in the love of Christ. He's quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And He's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now you and I sit here today. But our communion with our Lord is where He is. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Interceding for us. It is grace that brings us to Him. It is grace that unites us to Christ. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. No other way. Grace comes through Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. The believing that Christ is. The believing that Christ did it. And this is the absence of sin. The overruling of sin. Believing that Christ died for me 
believing that His blood washed away my sins. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works. Paul's adamant. He's adamant in Romans. He's adamant in every book that he writes to tell us that it's not of works. Works proceed from the grace that's in Christ Jesus. They're His. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we, the elect children of God, the church of God, we are His workmanship. And we're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. See that? They're not separated from Christ. They're in Christ. Which God has hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We've talked about that word today. What God's ordained. He ordained the allowance of sin in this world. We'll talk a little bit about that that He ordained that we should walk in Christ's work. Where is workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. And for the rest of our talk this morning, I want to lay out 11 things that I wrote down and they won't be lengthy. They're just, when grace reigns, this is what grace produces. That's why our text says, grace reigns through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. I've asked a lot of things this morning. I've, lost, I've asked a lot of uh, examination questions and points. As you, as you read and you think, this is what reign of sin is. Am I under the reign of grace? When grace reigns, it reveals your experience of sin reigning. We already touched on that. That's what Paul just said in Ephesians 2. Grace reveals that sin reigned one time in your life. You say, well, that's obvious. Well, it's not to this world. There's too many people walking around in the goodness of their own heart saying that they never sinned. They haven't sinned. We don't need to know what sin is. I told you the pulpits are full of that today. We're not going to preach about sin. Man just needs to know the goodness. Needs to be good to one another. And what you get is a bunch of people walking around high righteously thinking that they're better than everyone else because they're good to everyone and they don't sin. The furthest thing from what grace reveals to the sinner is that he is a sinner and that he's saved and he's been delivered from the reign of sin. He reveals that you were under that reign of sin. That it reigned in every part of you. There are times we believe it still does. But it doesn't. And it deters the child of God from creature works. It deters us from creature worship. It deters us from creature exalting, from creature righteousness, from man-pleasing and man-worship. Grace does that. When grace is reigning, it delivers us from those thoughts and those ideas. And we all have them in our fallen nature. 
And that same amazing grace keeps us from ascribing glory to ourselves. That's not our conversation. It's not I did this. It's not I did that. It gives all glory to God. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.9, he said, Who has saved us, talking about the triune God, and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace. Paul said that. We've heard what Paul said today. I think Paul was convinced. I think every believer, I know every believer is brought to this, is convinced that it's yet not I, but grace. According to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. In eternity, this gift, this gift of grace, that's what sovereign, eternal grace. We're saved in eternity. And elected. And quickened. And made alive. And then God in His plan for your life reveals it in time. Grace always, always is connected with unworthiness. Always. Always in the Word of God, grace as the Lord works His grace with power, it is connected with unworthiness. You've seen Peter fall down on his knees and then the disciples fall down on their knees when grace was present to worship the Lord. You see those that, the, that, they, um, that they wanted to exalt because they healed people and they, they were pulling on their shirts and no, not us, not unto us, no. All glory is to my Lord Jesus Christ. It's by Him this took place. That's what grace does. Grace convinces and connects the child of God always to His unworthiness. Grace is the kindness of God that's unmerited, undeserved, unsought for. And communicated to poor, unworthy what grace is. We see that pictured for us in the Pharisee and the publican. One believes he has grace, but it's grace of his own mind and it's grace of his own duty and it's grace of his own obedience. It's not grace. Paul says it's not grace. You can't call that grace. But the one couldn't even lift up his eyes. Why? Because grace revealed to him he was a sinner in need of that blood of the Savior. Grace reveals God's righteousness. And it reveals that God was righteous in allowing sin to enter into the world to produce this unworthiness. That's why we can look at that and stand in awe and say, well, I can see how God allowing sin in the world worked in my salvation. Christ died for that sin. Christ, Christ gave His life for that. Well, well, why did all that 
How would I know I'm unworthy? I mean, everyone in here has met the high righteous in their life. You have. You've, had, you've met those people that are highly righteous. They point out the sins of others. They always, so good. That's not grace. Grace isn't reigning in them. Sin is. It's an amazing thing to me. I thought about this the other day as I was sitting across from one of those. And I was thinking, at that very moment, the Lord quickened to me that even in Jesus' time when he walked on this earth, it was the same then. The same religious, righteous people wanted to persecute him for his humility, for his love, for his kindness, for who he was. Son of God. And it's the same today. The high religious world wants to persecute the child of God who's been made humble by grace. Who's made to bear his, his Redeemer's image. The, the fact that he laid down his life for his friends. Oh, that's a weakness. Your quietness is a weakness. No, it's not. It's the strength of power of grace that ministers to the soul. The world can't see that. The religious world will never see that. What an amazing gift that in the allowance of sin into the world, the Lord reigns now by grace in the souls of His people, in the lives of His people, and fits us to receive such a great, such a great gift. How does he do that? By revealing what he saved us from. And if you're truly born of God, it will not offend you. It will not offend you to know that sin once reigned in you absolutely. It was your king. It was your sovereign. And it won't offend you to know that it still reigns in your old nature. Because you know grace overrules that old nature. Reigns over that old nature. I talk a lot about the warfare. I really do. And I hope, I hope we, never, we never misunderstand that the victory has been won. That grace reigns. That grace has won. That's why we are who we are. That's why we can live. That's why in Him we have our move. We can move and exist and have our being. That's how we live in these hard times. In the hard times of our mind and the hard times that go on in our society, it's because grace reigns. I hope we can all truly say that grace altered our state. Grace altered who we were. Grace taught my soul to pray. Grace subdued my proud rebellion. Grace put prayer in my heart. Grace supplicates to God. Grace did it. Paul said these words in 1 Corinthians 15, 10. He said, but by the grace of God, 
I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. You see that? Grace is powerful. Grace and faith allows the child of God, moves the child of God, gives the child of God life. You see what Paul said? I labored more abundantly than they all. Does anybody know what comes next? Yet not I. That's grace, Paul said. It's not me that labored more abundantly. It wasn't because I studied more. It's not because I'm more intelligent. It's not because I, I went to more places. I had the gospel given to me. I did all. No. Yet not I. I didn't do that. But the grace of God which was with me. Remember I said that at the beginning. Grace reigns. When, it, when grace reigns, we attribute all glory to God. Grace is reigning in Paul. Paul says, yet not I. It's the grace that reigns in me. And it reigns supreme. In life. That's what we touched on in verse 17. It said, The gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Does grace reign in your life today? You know, I I know that grace experienced mightily takes the sinner and he lives upon that grace every day. And he seeks his Lord every day because of grace. But I also know that just the beginning of grace, the beginning of grace in a believer is a desire. You may look at yourself today and say, this ain't me. I don't feel like it's raining. But if that desire is there, it's because grace put it. The grace that's found in Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you in just a second how powerful that grace is. You want to know how powerful that grace is? It's the grace that's in Christ Jesus that humbled Christ and made him obedient to the cross. That grace that we talk about, think about that a minute. Jesus Christ said, I will leave heaven and I will... Took on the form of us. Was a little boy, a little baby. Condescended down to us. Put on our flesh to save us. What do we attribute that to? The power of grace. That's the power of grace in Christ Jesus. It's the triune power. It's the power of God. As I said at the beginning, don't make the mistake of thinking grace is an attribute. Oh, God's gracious. Yes, He is. What does that mean? It's a power. Grace humbled Christ even to the obedience to the death of the cross. Grace laid Him in the grave. Grace brought Him out of the grave. Grace set him now upon his throne. Grace keeps him there as an intercessor, interceding for his people. And it's grace that will bring him back to take his people home. It's grace. It's the power of grace.
grace, the grace that's in Christ Jesus. You know, you know that passage that says um, that says it was the power of uh, that raised Christ from the dead. I believe it's in Ephesians. The, that raised him from the, it's the same power that dwells in us. That's that same quickening power. Should never, never. I, I'm so ashamed to say it. When, when I started thinking and praying about this passage, I, I, th- I said to the Lord, Lord, how often have I have I shortchanged grace? Have I made it just a punchline to may His grace be upon you? What does that mean? You want the power of the Lord to reign in that person that you love in the faith, as it reigns in your life. That's what it means. And it's grace in our soul today that convinces us of that truth, those truths I just told you, the grace of Christ Jesus. If you were to neglect reading the Word of God today, what would happen? I'll tell you what happens. Grace intervenes. Grace convicts. It's the power. And it's love. And it's merciful. But you know what? Grace also brings the rod. Grace also brings the affliction. As we did, as we seen in Job. We saw that 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 you know, all those afflictions that came into Job's life. What was it for? It was grace reigning. Grace reigns even in our afflictions. Grace reigns even when we're walking after sin. It has to. Because it saves to the uttermost. Christ's grace, the blood of Christ being revealed, saves to the uttermost. Grace lays the rod. Cast down idols in our life. Grace is in every area of our lives. Why? Because it's raining. That's what raining grace is. That's what Paul says in our text. Even so, might grace reign through righteousness. And why righteousness? That righteousness that satisfied the justice of His Father. That righteousness that was perfect obedience. That righteousness, that surety who stood in our place. That's why it rains today, because it's the grace that's found in Christ. It's all of Him imputed to all of His church. Paul said in Romans 3.24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And finally... Grace humbles. Grace decreases self. John said that. I must decrease. He must increase. How does that happen? Grace. The grace that's found in Christ Jesus. I'm going to leave you with the thoughts of John in the very last sentence in the Word of God. That's Revelation 22, 21. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.
dear Heavenly Father, add thy power and thy clarity. Reveal to us today thy reigning grace. For the glory of thee. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.